Hello and welcome to The Spokesman, show number clickety-click 66. Uh, do you guys know what bingo is? Do you use funny names for the numbers? <laughs> Two you... fat ladies. Yeah, oh cool. So you know what clickety-click is then, yeah? Uh, no. Oh, <laughs> two fat ladies you know, but clickety-clicky. What do you do for 66? I don't know. Three short of... It's the $64,000 question. Oh, we'll have to Google that later on then. What's clickety-click in, in US for 66? Okay, this show was recorded and is being recorded on Sunday the 15th of May. I'm Carlton Reed, and I'll be your host today. David, uh, your normal host, right now is 37,000 foot in the air. I didn't ask him where he's going. Hopefully it's somewhere nice. Uh, but he's in the air right now. He's uh, emailed me uh, from his, uh, his Wi-Fi up above, and he's uh, given me a few pointers. But uh, his airline actually blocks Skype, so he can't talk to us today. And it blocks Skype, and that's not just because it's now a Microsoft property. <laughs> uh, I'm recording from the UK. That's a similar time zone to Italy and the Giro, which actually finished about 20 minutes ago. Uh, but it's what? It's nine, nine o'clock in the US. And pulling themselves away from the action on uh, on Mount Etna is uh, is Neil Brown. Hi, Neil. Hello. And now you were watching because I know the result because of you. Uh, now, just tell us what exactly happened there. There was there was somebody kind of controversially famous and wonderful. Uh, <laughs> it came across the finishing line and and no, got himself into a jersey. Who came across the line? It's controversial. <laughs> um, tell tell us what happened was, that last it two was kilometers. Contour, uh, really showing why he's he's the favorite for any kind of stage race. Just attacked, blew the little break apart. Uh, mm. One guy bridged up to him. And then he just surged again with like uh, 1.5 kilometers to go and just, you know, just hit it. And there was no way uh, he could stay with him. And he was he was gone. That was it. Took the stage and took the uh, GC for now. You, um, you think that's going to stay like that for a while? Do you think he's going to win? It, it, I, think it, I think it is. <laughs> the mm-hmm. way that guy rode uh, was amazing. Um, definitely a class above everyone else right now. Mm-hmm. Um, think of that as you what it, you may. It's going to be a shame if if you know he wins the Giro this year, but then they take away his Tour de France. Mm, that's going to be funny. Isn't Awkward. It? Very. Now Mount Etna. There was nobody burnt up today. Then was there any sign of? There was. Uh, there was no signs of the world coming to a screeching halt. Okay. Uh, volcano did not erupt. Um, I did hear rumors though that they did throw a virgin in. They actually found a virgin in <laughs> Sicily. And threw her into the volcano before the stage started. So that might be a factor, although that is unsubstantiated. So you think that's how they camp. stopped the volcano erupting? Then they, they sacrificed somebody? Be, again, this is all unsubstantiated. Okay. Unsubstantiated. Uh, now, uh, it's very difficult to segue from a virgin to, at all on this one, but we have Nicole Formosa from Bicycle Retailer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How do you segue through that? Um, uh, Nicole, you, you were on the show last time. It was a good uh, debut. I listened to you. I wasn't on the show, but you were on the show for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, welcome. Now, tell us, for people who are just tuning in now uh, for, for the first time, they didn't hear you last time, where, where are you from? And that's not geographical. Uh, that's who you work for, Nicole. Okay. <laughs> um, I work for Bicycle Retailer and Industry News Trade Publication in North America. And I um, am the international editor for the magazine. So, um, Covering cycling, the industry, uh, topics far and wide. Now, yeah, I remember you, last time when you were, you were on the show, you were saying you, you kind of became 
very much a cyclist when you you, you kind of joined the mag but you, uh, you do you follow things like the giro do you what what do you do like what do you follow on cycling if anything personally okay. or or professionally i you, follow a lot of other cyclists <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i follow a lot of wheels um, yeah. Well, both. Tell us both. What do you do? Yeah, I mean, professionally, we're pretty much, you know, what we cover is more the business side of the industry. But, um, you know, personally, I definitely, uh, you know, watch as much as I can. Uh, I don't, um, as far as actually being, uh, I'm, I'm typically not up to speed on the day-to-day of racing. Um, mm. But I do, um, you know, the the big grand tours and the, the big races, I definitely try to pay attention to watch it's interesting um mm-hmm. you know just being a cyclist to to uh to, to kind of be in tune with what's going on definitely and you get into team cars and stuff at races i have never been in a team car and i actually really want to there you go there's your it's link you big, can you can ask here it's a big goal <laughs> somebody listening to this i guarantee yes. will be at the tour of california will get you in a car nicole yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping in the tour of California it happens. Cool. Uh, now, talking from a, 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 I think it's a submarine. Uh, we have Tony Farrelly from um, Road CC. Now, I'm saying the submarine because we're getting a strange uh, bleeping sound, which sounds like undersea some sort beep. of undersea beep. We we have narrowed it down to Tony, but we haven't actually worked out what it is. So Tony, yeah, well, I don't but, know what it is. It, it could. It's not your email, and it's not Skype. So. But it's not happening all the time. So anyway, Tony, this is your show debut. Welcome to, to The Spokesman. Uh, tell us who you are. Hi, yeah. Thanks for having me, Carlton, as it were. Um, my name's Tony Farrelly. I'm the editor of Road CC, which is a cycling website uh, based here in the UK. Um, and we cover sort of all aspects of cycling, from competing to commuting is, our, I suppose, our tagline. Um and that, I mean, I've been working in the uh, in bicycle journalism or cycling journalism since '97. Uh, so, uh, on a variety of publications, mainly to do with road cycling, mm. but not exclusively. Mm. Okay, cool. And if you can turn off your submarine segment, if, if, you, if you're working out what it is, I will turn it off. That would be really cool because we did have some sound issues last time. So I do apologise if we're going to have a few sound issues now. But I kind of like the the, the submarine sound. You know, we know when Tony's talking. It's ironic because uh, I'm in the loft, actually. <laughs> uh, we'll track it down. Uh, and last but uh, very much not least, because he might sue me for such a slander, is Jim Moss of Recreation Law. Hi there, Jim. How are you? Are you a Giro watcher? <laughs> um, I'm a Giro follower. Okay. Uh, I don't get up to watch. Uh, I mean, I love watching the races. I enjoy them. But at the same time, here and sometimes in the States, it's difficult to track them down and mm. i don't pay for the extensive um tv services necessary sometimes so i follow on the sidelines okay now uh, we'll go straight into the the show we have a, a busy show ahead of us now naturally um we we have got to to, to um talk about the the shocking and the awful and the incredibly sad death of uh, Wouter valent at the 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 giro italia and uh, it was at this was it the second day? Correct me if I was third wrong. Stage. Was it the third stage? Third it was stage, the third yeah. stage, and I wasn't watching at the time. But I know people who were watching, mm-hmm. uh, who were very discomforted, uh, naturally, because uh, they saw it happening in in, in in real time. And then obviously it cut away 
but then quite quickly it became apparent that uh, Avatar wasn't moving and then mm. subsequently to that every time there's been a crash you know they say the rider's moving so they're clearly that everybody's spooked naturally and uh, the race was neutralized uh, on on day four uh, it, it's very tough obviously for any of us to 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 talk about a topic like this because it's very sensitive uh, but the race is carrying on do we all think the race should have carried on do, uh, clearly it didn't uh, stop the the tour de france uh when lance armstrong's uh, buddy uh, hit Casatelli. a Casatelli. so they carried on and it's kind of tradition but does anybody think when a death like this happens should should that stop a sporting event who would like no. to go on with that I'll Jim, go, Jim. Um, I, I, lucky my part of life, I deal with a lot of fatalities, dealing with three right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it depends on what type of event it is and, and how small the event is. And, but, you know, it's, if it wasn't for the risk, why would we do it? Mm. But is it too that risky? Is, That's what people were saying. Maybe the, maybe the descents on the, the Strada Bianchi, on the, the, the rough gravel roads has been quite tough this year well the irony is that the the most the, the descents that were flagged as being the most dangerous haven't actually um mm. occurred yet they're the ones at the end of the race mm. um well contador even said that he you know thought they were pretty scary mm. so but, um, yeah, I, agree. I, mean, I don't think i don't think uh you would do it the, the risk is part of the of the of the of the race of racing itself um, and, and who is anybody to tell me what's too risky for my life mm. now well, I mean do. at some people point do. sure but but I ignore those people mm. um, <laughs> I mean at, at some point when we're making money off people dying you know then we get into a different realm yeah. but uh, you know who and until the medical report comes out until we find out exactly what how this poor gentleman died um, it might not have been the race, or or maybe the. I mean, I've dealt with so many things the, where the medical report is, did did come out. It, and, it came out the, the next day. Um, cause of death was uh, he hit the back of his head and yeah. cracked his skull, and his death was yeah. uh, immediate. Mm-hmm. Shallow swimming pool dive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I bet, but so many times there there's something that we've had internally for years that would would affect the you know the crash in such a way that. It, it would kill one person and not kill another. I I just find that we're taking our entire society and turning it into a nerf world where no one's allowed to get hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, here in the United States, we've created such a problem that we're removing playgrounds mm-hmm. because kids are getting hurt on them. Mm-hmm. You know? Neil, and that's just ridiculous. What was your take on Without uh, a Dying? What was were you watching at the time? I was watching it, and uh, I have a correspondence with um, a couple of the riders that are there in the Giro. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it was horrible to see. There's no, no denying that. And yeah, they definitely should have carried on with the race. It was nice that they did the tribute the following mm-hmm. day because as I was communicating with with a couple of riders that I know there, um, you know, it, they came across it. And as, as anybody knows who's seen a head injury, small or, or large head or in, head injury, there's always a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was a really ghastly scene and um i I was making a report and and one of the writers i speak to chris butler um gave me kind of the details of because he came across it after he was laying on the ground he's like you know what i prefer not to be quoted on any of this it was just Mm -hmm. you know it rattled a lot of guys Mm -hmm. um so i suppose it brought home to them the margins you know within it within which they operate um yeah yeah you know their skill 
that, that exactly. actually these things are, are, are quite rare occurrences, you know, thankfully mm-hmm. rare. But it, it could, of course, happen to anybody riding along. I mean, from, from reports, it, it, it wasn't a high-speed crash as such. It wasn't a Cassatelli. This was something that it, it could have almost happened to anybody in that, you know, a slight moment of uh, not paying quite much attention. You're looking around and then you crash. And as Jim said, it was, you know, somebody could have crashed at exactly the same place at exactly the same time, exactly the same bike, you know, two minutes mm. before that, and nothing actually happened at all. It was just pure, well, was pure, awful. 10K back um, before that, as they were descending, there was another group that crashed. Mm. They all got up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's very yeah. sad. Um, when it happened, you know, I, I was talking to somebody on Skype. The guys were watching it doing the race report, and they immediately said, oh, you know, he's gone down. Mm. And at first, you think, well, do, riders do fall off. And, but then pretty quickly, you know, almost immediately, they said, oh, this looks really bad. Mm. Um, and that is unusual, you know, thankfully. Now, this, unfortunately, is the, the kind of thing that gets the Giro or any race, any any pro cycling race, into the news when it when it's very difficult to get it into the news uh, normally. But mm-hmm. uh, mainstream media, you know, naturally they like covering these kind of things, and they did, and some of them did it in a rather awful way, uh, as as was complained about on on Twitter. So Huffington Post did a did a rather gory one, absolutely no need, and they got a slating for that. Nicole, can I ask you? I mean, I certainly didn't cover it on on bike beers because it just it wasn't a trade angle but for you for for bicycle retailer how, how would you if at all how would you cover that kind of event yeah i mean obviously that day we we sort of had a conversation you know is this something we should be you know we should be covering it's obviously the you hate to say it but it was you know it's the biggest news of the day in the cycling world um um and uh you know it, same it it didn't really you know it you, you kind of leave uh, leave that to to the experts, to the people who do cover, mm. um, you know, racing, and we're not just going to pop in because, um, you know, because there was a tragedy. Um, you know, we're not just going to pop in and all of a sudden start start covering it. Mm. Um, so so yeah, I mean, we we had no no coverage of it at, at all. Um, uh, you know, f- from our perspective, you know, like you said, there really wasn't a, an angle that that made sense for us and wasn't being covered you know a, a million right, times right. by other media outlets that right. that that's there as you're saying that's their territory uh so of course r.i.p uh to vuto Veiland, and that's um from everybody from here um now there are uh, t-shirts um for sale which go to his wife the proceeds mm-hmm. go to his wife uh, so a whole bunch of websites have have, have covered all the different products which you can you can actually go out there and uh, it's 108 was his number, yeah. yeah. So that was one of the, uh, the, the the t-shirts, and I'm sure a lot more is gonna is gonna come of this. Um, right now, Neil, you've been yes. you've been can I say you've been a naughty boy, or maybe you're absolutely squeaky clean, and just other people are saying you're a naughty boy. So I am squeaky clean, and people can. You know, it's a free country. But you've you've taken really down like. cycling. You've you, you <laughs> have ruined pro cycling. Says <laughs> says two people who who you you know. One of whom is uh, Floyd. I noticed Floyd actually came on Skype a minute ago. Um, maybe we'll bring him on the show later on. Um, so Chado Gray uh, has been mouthing off. 
some guy called Lance, Lance Armstrong, has been mouthing off, saying you're doing some, you're bringing down uh, cycling. So, so what did you do? What was so bad that you were doing, Neil? Well, um, <laughs> uh, well, to kind of clarify, it was Landis it was being tongue in cheek, and and uh, and it doesn't blame me for for ruining cycling. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, and I, I don't even think Lance Armstrong said I, I ruined cycling. It was another uh, well-known, another known person in, in cycling that claimed that, uh, due to my due to my sense of humor, I was uh, the reason for the sport not being taken seriously. It's your English background, isn't it? That's what your sense of humor must come from. Your it is. Mm. My my parents, those who may not follow regularly, are, my mother is British, mm -hmm. lives in the UK. My my father is Irish. Uh, Oh. Actually, just just recently passed away uh, last December, but but lived in England, mm -hmm. um, and um, so yeah, I, I was born in this country, but I have dual citizenship with so you, Ireland. So you have a wicked sense of humor, and we will I claim have. we will claim uh, we, us Brits will claim your wicked sense of humor because we like that kind of thing. Um, but and Lance Lance said you're a douchebag. Now he was kidding. Yes. Okay. Cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> Lance was not kidding. Uh, <laughs> Floyd Landis was okay. uh, about about six weeks ago. Um, uh, Lance Armstrong blocked me, which is is really unremarkable. He he, he blocks, blocks everybody. Yeah, uh, lots and lots of people, yeah. journalists, yeah. people who make. Yeah, and so it's really not super super big deal. Mm. Um, just more of an interesting thing. So uh, I was I was uh, writing stuff on my own website, and, and I have my own iPhone and Android app. Everyone should go download it right now. Brown Eye, search your Android or iPhone marketplace for and for Brown Eye, and you'll find it. Um, and so I said uh, I twittered, find out why Lance Armstrong has blocked blocked me. Download my app, mm -hmm. and within thirty seconds he replied, less than a minute, uh, because you're a total douchebag. So obviously. <laughs> Um, you know, and people by and far say a lot worse to him since then and before then and mm. not elicited a response from him. However, maybe because I'm a little bit on his radar because I'm, I'm a commentator and, you know, I, I, I don't say things that are wrong or, or, you know, rumors. I just state the obvious. I'm just... I don't know. For whatever reason, I guess I got under skin, and I think in an emotional moment, he did that. I honestly think that any of his handlers would have advised him not to respond back to me because really, there's you can't win after you've replied to the, to the you know to me to anybody. You know, you're just gonna look petty, and then from there it just piled on. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lay there and not say anything. So, so you have a hashtag. Uh, back that, I, I you know, ruined I, cycling. I retwittered it for mm. one thing. Yeah, I, I, re I replied back to him, or I know I retwittered it and mm. said, wow, you know, I got a secret st stalker. And then I asked him, uh, so does this mean you won't be downloading my app? <laughs> um, and, and from there, people piled on, and, and it, it literally started like 11 o'clock-ish East Coast time and probably went to like 2, and actually even still now, it pops up every once in a while. Uh, then it became the hashtag, became, mm. you know, hashtag uh, Neil Rohn Cycling. And, uh, you know, anyone who has a problem now, is, it's uh, Neil Rhodes. Now, one of the other people who was, now we know from you, because you've told us, was doing this uh, sarcastically is Floyd. Now, last night, and I'm guessing the previous night, it's just he's got a, an amazing uh, long thread of, uh, I don't know, are they beer-fueled? What are they? But uh, as Gray Munrod on, um, on Twitter, that's, that's one of Floyd's accounts, now, Floyd has been filed a defamation suit, as we know, by the UCI. 
he has taken to Twitter to to slam. There's no other way of saying it. To slam fellow cyclists, to to slam well everything and everybody. Does he hate the world? What 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 is going on, Neil, with with Floyd at the moment? Uh, you know, honestly, I I don't know a whole lot other than I mean, I I spoke to him yesterday, and, and part of it is. Um, and, and he said that he, you know, he replied to that and said it on Twitter as well. You know, it's a bit of a joke. I mean, it's mm. um, not to be taken super seriously. He, he doesn't wish any of the the riders that he was smirched <laughs> physical harm. Hey, the English um, ones, man. He, he's like he's picking. No, he's picking I, geographically. I, I, yeah, he doesn't like the British. He doesn't, which hurts a little bit because you know that's fifty percent of my my DNA. Well, it was it was Miller and it was uh, Wiggins. He yes. was really taking pot shots. Now I, I can see him. He is on Skype. Did you text him before? Is he willing to come on? No, he is not willing to come on. He doesn't want to come on. Okay, so I won't add him to the to the conversation. Does anybody else uh, have you seen? Jim, uh, uh, have you seen what Floyd is writing? Is any of this actionable? Well, in the United States, no. Mm. Um, in Switzerland, I have no idea, and that's that's the from the legal standpoint, the very comical issue of the whole lawsuit is he's being mm. sued over there. Mm. Um, so, first of all, they. I mean, the, the lawsuit sort of is a joke because you have to sue somebody, mm. the defendant, the person being sued. You have to sue them in their hometown mm. unless they're doing business in your state or country. So a judgment in Switzerland has zero value here in the United States. And so they'll get a judgment against him in Switzerland. And then they have to come and redo the whole thing, litigate the whole thing all over again here in the United States if they actually expect to really do anything. So um, I've been talking to Charles Pelkey of um, Velo News, and, and who's also an attorney. And we just sort of been sitting back going – you know, this is just one great big joke. It's just a charade. It's that, posturing that, by the UCI, you think? Oh, yeah. Mm. And, and, and even worse is they're taking on somebody who they know doesn't have the resources mm. right now to really, I, I would guess, mount a strenuous defense and who is no longer part of the sport. I mean, mm. it, it's going and kicking the dog after you've already turned him into the pound. You know, here, I don't want this dog anymore, but let me kick him one more time. Tony, you love the UCR. You're famous for actually being a huge <laughs> supporter, as as we all are uh, on I, this show, of the UCI. So do you see it as posturing? Or does he deserve a – is he a dog? Does he deserve a kicking? Well, now, I suppose you could look at it from this point of view in that the UCI maybe are being um, slightly more naive than some of the other – characters involved in in all of this legally naive as it were mm. um and feel that they don't have any choice but to at least go to post to, to at least posture um and say look you know the things that you're saying are false and we're willing to take its court maybe they don't have the funds or the or the will i'm sure to take it to uh somewhere where it actually you know uh, to, to to home off home turf as it were mm. um but yeah, so yeah, I think it's a joke too. Mm. I mean, Nicole, it's unlikely, isn't it? Unless they're, you know, if I was Roman Polanski, I might not go near UCI headquarters <laughs> just in case. Nicole, <laughs> you've 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 done. A, sorry, you, Nicole, you've done a, a whole bunch of stories on the UCI, and I I think you've been fairly tame with them, in that uh, they're ruining the industry, are they not? And 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 your stories <laughs> are, are saying just. 
aren't they nice and fluffy? I think uh, what, what, what do you think? Uh, they're the ones ruining cycling, not Neil. Would, would you agree there, Nicole, or are you not going <laughs> to well, go on record? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. There's not a lot of opinion in Serta. You know, it, it's just, you know, my extent has been, you know, anything, I guess, what I feel is newsworthy. Mm. Um, I, I definitely don't insert any opinion in when I'm, you know, when I'm covering. There's there are a lot of strong opinions. But you can do so now UCI. because you're not writing for it. You can tell us your opinions now. I, what do yeah, you think I, of the UCI? I, you know, I <laughs> I don't have a lot of experience with the UCI. Um, you know, the the um, amalgamation process, the frame approval process is the first time I've really covered mm. anything UCI related, um, but I've definitely read a lot. And mm. I, I don't know, does, does anybody, <laughs> does anybody have anything good to say about the UCI? It just seems like they're doing more harm than good, in mm. my opinion. Mm. Um, but I think you know, they, I, I have, I have something good to say about them. <laughs> they make Bernie Madoff look good. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they're running one of the best Ponzi schemes I've ever seen, and and they don't even give any money back. They just say we're going to take your money and keep it, and you know, when if we feel like it, we'll do something. Mm. We'll sue a we'll see sue an old racer. Nicole, <laughs> there's, there's, the, you, yeah. you've you've covered from this angle. You've you've talked to the big manufacturers, who, without wishing to like put it, words into their mouth, seem to be okay with the UCI's. Uh, uh, stickering program because it does remove a, a, a big headache from them. The littler guys, some of them now like the the, the hand-built uh, frame builders collective, they're kind of cozying up with this situation. But then you do have some vociferous people who really, really are saying this is the end of the industry if we let the UCI get its claws into clothing, into helmets, into everything they want to get their claws into. Do I you think... think well, let me, let me just let's go to Nicole first of all. Nicole, ah. do you think they are doing divide and rule? Are they going for the big guys and the little guys separately in order to, to hive them apart? I don't necessarily think that. And I think a lot of the initial responses were, you know, emotional responses, um, you know, a little bit perhaps, you know, a little knee jerk. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I didn't get the sense that it's going to be as, um, severe as people kind of thought as sort of the smaller, um, you know, frame builders maybe thought it was going to be. I, mm. I, I don't see this as something that's going to actually put people out of business. But what about when, when initial- we'll bring Tony in here? Cause Tony, you covered this story on, on your site. I'm, I'm sure Neil has got some good views on this as well, where they, the bond shoes, so sure. their their rules are well we all know they're crazy but the bond shoes were banned because yeah. they're aero and what have you but then you have helmets which are aero and in the same that the clause that they're banning the bond shoes they're saying compression clothing is banned well that's all cycle clothing at the moment it all has compression elements so tony yeah, where 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 are we going with the bond thing is is that going to be something that is an issue well, that I flares up that's an interesting one because um, I talked to uh, Stephen Nemeth, the mm. CEO of Bonts, um, and they're not going to back down on this and they feel that they've got a pretty strong legal case. Mm. And if the UCI, I think, you know, they said they want to settle it amicably. I mean, but if the UCI are going to force the issue, 
they will go to law and they've taken um, they've taken legal advice and they feel they've got a, a pretty strong case and and the two aspects of their the two pillars of their case would be that the UCI have already set a precedent because they don't actually enforce their own rules mm-hmm. um, or they enforce them arbitrarily mm-hmm. and they set a precedent because there's loads of aero and compression clothing already in use in UCI um, races by UCI license holders and the second element would be simple restraint of trade. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, I would have said the UCI, well, not that I'm a lawyer, but I wouldn't have said the UCI's got a leg to stand on on either of those. But we do have a lawyer on the show. So, Jim, have you seen their their rules where they say compression clothing is banned, all these different things are banned, but they only pick certain things to ban in reality? They don't, they don't pick all compression clothing. They don't pick all aero stuff. They only pick a pair of shoes. From a legal point of view, what, what, where are they going with this? Well, and, and more importantly, they only pick on the smaller entities mm-hmm. um, to, to some extent, those that really can't put up a fight. Um, I have no idea where they're going with this because they're making their own rules. Then they get sued over them, and most of the time they seem to lose – once in a while they win. But most of the time they seem to lose on their own rules. And, I mean, that's, that's just ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they have no real basis in the law for doing what they're doing, and yet they seem to get away with it until the industry finally says enough. Uh, we're going to still be wasting a ton of there money to have in- this organization. Yeah. Tony? I was just going to say, there are 120 people in Switzerland in search of a revenue stream. That's all the UCI is, as far as I can see. And that's all the, the stickering um, uh, program is. It's just a way of raising money for the UCI and some right. manufacturers I've spoken to are happy to go along with that because they see the sticker as a useful marketing tool mm. um, and depending on who you talk to even at the big four there are people who are pretty vehemently against the whole thing and do see it as very much the thin end of the wedge and the tail wagging the dog mm. um, so I, I think I mean, and the you know the bit with the hand-built um, frame builders is a is a joke. Uh, you know, n- nearly all of those guys, their frames would pass anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, funnily enough, I got a, a, a press release from the UCI's uh, PR people. They've now got PR people acting for them, um, and the pictures of the bikes that they put in with the press release were so classic. Mm. You know, round-tubed lugged frames there is no way in the world any of those are going to they're the perfect bikes they're exactly what the uci wants everyone to be riding mm. as as I go see. back in history that's what they I want mean, yeah exactly and, and as far as i can see they're just attempting to tax but that's a pure tax on mm. small frame builders saying well we'll give you 20 percent off <laughs> if you go through the um frame builders collective but essentially they're saying you, you know here's pay us this amount of money for your so that UCI license holders can ride your bikes in races. I think in another field it would be called extortion. Well, you know, to me, that's what it looks like. It will be very interesting to see. I mean, I've spoken to somebody off the record who says there are a lot of frames, you know, going through, you know, stacking up in the approval process. But given the lead times it takes for uh, a model to come to market, it'll be very interesting to see. There's going to be a, a... a pinch point or, or a tipping point at some point where there aren't mm. going to be the teams for next year are they going to have enough bikes are they either going to mm. ride last year's bikes or they're going to have enough approved bikes to actually ride because they don't seem to be if you look at the list of manufacturers on there who've got on the UCI's own site it's a handful so far mm. I'd expect more when, by now 
And from what I understand, they haven't made any sort of clarification on, you know, open mold designs, um, you know, whether or not uh, one approval will be good for, um, you know, a supplier, several different suppliers who may use the same frame design. And it seems like there's still kind of a lot to work out. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I don't know that we've really seen the real impact from it at this point. And, and mm. from a consumer point, I mean, our site is a consumer site. From a consumer point of view, yeah, the, the sticker may at one, on one level be a useful marketing tool, but you could equally argue that the sticker is a badge of backwardness, saying, all right, Al, we're, we're willing to not actually mm. um, push the technological envelope. We'll oh. just, we're going to toe the line and we'll do all our, all the bits on our bike, you know, for next year at Purely Cosmetic. So it's going to be a retro thing. It's going to be a retro sticker. Well, that's what I was thinking. You've got a bump sticker. A UCI, badge of backwardness. It should be on every cyclist (laughs) car coming up in the next year. I wonder how much consumers care. Is this something that uh, a recreational rider would even pay attention to or notice or Mm. care about? People want to think that they're on the best equipment that they can they can be on. I mean, what we're going to see is a divergence, I think, between yeah. the road and triathlon market. That the triathlon mm-hmm. market will carry on um, pushing the technological envelope, for want of a better phrase, mm-hmm. and potentially the road market will will stop. And Bond but, shoes is a good example of that because mm-hmm. they're heavily into the tri market, and this is going to be. I mean, they have used it already. They've they've used the logo that is you know approved by the UCI. They've twisted it around and they've, they've put their shoe in the front and they've said banned by the UCI. So, yes, they're taking legal action, but because they've got their eye on the tri market, mm. they're using this as this is so good. The UCI's banned it. I mean, that's perfect for them if that's their, their market. It's actually it's good for them for them to, to ban something. You know, it's like when, you know, anybody bans a, a particular part of free speech. Well, of course, that's what you go and you want to go, oh, yeah. what do they say? What do they say? And you go and find that out. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the whole smart to turn around. Mm. Yeah, it was quick. It was very good. Technical regulations are, are ridiculous anyway. If they were, mm. you know, they don't. Inf- they plainly don't enforce their own regulations, mm. um, and they plainly, it seems to me, don't even understand the way the industry interacts with the sport. And in fact, as far as I can see, the industry underpins the sport really um, in terms of equipment and and you know a consistent level of funding. And there is a quid pro quo for that. The, you know, the industry wants to be able to use prototypes, test bikes, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, according to the UCI, they're not allowed to do any of that. So, yeah, um, I mean, I, I have used know, this anecdote. We're, we're a real impasse. I have used this anecdote before, but the UCI, I know somebody who was sitting in the, the, the UCI clothing meeting where they were discussing uh, both compression clothing and all the different forms of clothing. And they were very, very close from banning moisture management technology they just saw it as this oh what is this thing wow it's it, it makes them go faster we must ban it and they were very close to banning something that everybody wears if you wear wickable underwear mm. because that's all moisture management technology is it just gets the sweat away from your skin but because it's performance enhancing the UCI uh, policy wonks were going hmm I think we ought to ban this mm. and they re- they had an expert in the room who he was his eyes were just going to the ceiling going <laughs> You've got to be joking. But the compression clothing is very similar. It's like all of the stuff that they actually say they want to ban is mm. what everybody's wearing now. All, all you could say, like spandex. It's it all compression. Something new. They've been wearing it for ages. Exactly. So it's a very odd thing to, to, to want to ban. 
I, as I say, their rule is, I think it boils down to, isn't it? It must be a pure, uh, a bike race must be a pure test of athleticism. Wool shorts, Tony. We need wool shorts. That's what we need to bring back. I actually quite like wool shorts, oh, but, but that's another matter. <laughs> but I mean, no, it's thank you. Why, don't they just, why don't the UCI just tell the riders to throw the bikes away and they could just run? That would be a pure with or without shoes, mm. that would be a pure test of athleticism. Let, let's, let's, there's already a, uh, a world governing body for that sort of activity, which might be a problem for the UCI, but I'm sure they could source them out. I'm sure they can. Now, let's go on to another topic, and it, it's still uh, pro-riding uh, related, and that's the... And we've had a, a bit of a, a news about this today, but this is the, the Amgen Tour of California. So, Neil, what exactly has happened today? There's been something... Oh, I lost Neil. Let me just bring him back. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go to Neil just now because we lost Neil. I shall. I shall go and get him. But I, I can. I can tell you what's happened. But maybe somebody else can fill in while I'm going to get Neil. But uh, they're changing the the, the stage because there's some snow across there. So I think Neil's gone for. A, well, he's gone for a comfort. No, he's back. He's back here. Let me get him in. Let me just see if I can bring him through here. I can't. So who else knows what's happening with the Tour of California and the snow? So what's what's happening? Um, well, it's snowing there and it's not supposed to be, I take it. I just <laughs> noticed somebody on Twitter saying, a uh, photographer who's there, saying that unless the sun comes out um, soon to melt the ice on the road, mm. he, he's wondering whether the stage will actually take place at all. Uh, well, Neil has some... Neil, you're back again, I think. Uh, I am back. What, what, what is the latest... Skype. Sorry. Yeah, you're just ruining everything <laughs> at the moment. You probably ruined the tour of California as well. It's probably your fault. They they have they have uh, diverted a stage. What what's what's exactly happening? What's the news today there, Neil? Well, the news today is um, the stage has been shortened to 50 miles. Um, uh, snow is down. It's not sticking from what I'm I'm seeing from reports, but it but it has been falling. Um, it stopped. I just saw a photo taken at nine o'clock uh, mm. or West Coast time, and it's stopped falling. Um, however, like I said, it is it is sticking, and um, or I'm sorry, it's falling but not sticking. But in the sake of of safety and such, they've decided to shorten the stage to mm -hmm. 50 miles. And it's probably because the, really the reason is I'm not there yet. I don't get there till Tuesday, mm -hmm. so expect this to happen today and tomorrow until I arrive because I will be bringing sunny South Carolina weather with me. Mm. Now talking about sunny weather, that was why they moved the show in the the. The race in the first place they wanted to take it away from january and get some decent weather for a change because we we had you know torrential rain in previous years so they've now moved this this race into what was supposedly a, a better weather window we've had this 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 snow which i'm assuming is is unseasonal and a bit weird but why did they move it smack bang in the middle of the giro what was the thinking there and has it affected how people think of the the tour of california when you have this other race of course a bigger more historic race going on at, on at the same time well um back in the day i mean they, the, people don't really realize how honestly the close the amgen tour of california just came to being canceled outright mm. several years ago because of the weather the weather was horrible it was not at all a postcard for sunny southern <laughs> for sunny california i mean no. people really don't realize california is a big place mm -hmm. Northern California is in Central California is, is you know everyone's vision of California is SoCal, but man, there's a lot of California, and the weather can be bad. And and um, so for a while, it came within 
rumor I heard and it was a very strong rumor uh, because I was located in, living in LA at the time working for a magazine that and so is uh, AEG the people who run Tour California mm. that if they didn't move the the race to a to a sunnier better weather positive date on the calendar July July is yeah. a July is a kind of time when you don't have any pro racing on isn't it yeah, July is pretty much open on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they looked, and, and May was it. Um, <laughs> reason being was, you know, it's in theory, um, May is, is better. Um, mm-hmm. However, they decided to move the race to Tahoe. And, you know, I've gotten people on Twitter and stuff telling me they've, they snow skied in June in Tahoe. Mm, Tahoe, true. as you know, sits mm-hmm. at 6,500 6, feet. So you're going to have some weather. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're aware of that promoters of the California for <laughs> California um, and, but the rest of the race honestly should be good um, it's just going to be these this first day is going to be a bit of a bit of a it's a drama. blip it's just a blip, a blip. yeah okay. yeah and the rest will be okay it, it's it's unfortunate but you know but like I said I, I was looking at I've been getting some official <sighs> press releases and and the race is going to start and it's going to be shortened to 50 miles and okay you know it could make for a more exciting stage for today Okay. Nicole, which stages are you going to? Uh, I'm going to the time trial in uh, Solvang and um, the finish, and I believe also um, stage five, which was to be uh, the Big Sur uh, to Paso Robles stage. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's changed as well because the highway is. Oh, yes, yes, um, I read that, yes. Right. There's a gaping hole in Highway 1 mm-hmm. from the landslides a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that route's going inland instead of down the coast, from what I understand. N- Neil, we need to get Nicole into a car. Did you hear that from before? ASAP. I, yeah. I, I carry a lot of pull. Yeah. So <laughs> find me. I'll, I'll be there Tuesday. You can find me, and I'll you know get you in whatever car that does not hate me. And it, it is it is an enormous amount of fun. I've been in a car before, and it is it's it's a brilliant. 1952 Volvo, <laughs> yeah. in the back of the back. Yeah, just slip in the race; they won't notice. James, are you Jim? Are you going to be? Are you going to be following this? Are you going to go to it? Are you? What are you doing? No, I've I've been uh, been traveling a lot the last couple of weeks, so I'm going to stay home and watch from afar. Okay, and Tony, this is a really huge race for us in the UK. This is like a grand tour equivalent. Would you um, would you would you say? Uh, no. <laughs> it's a, it is an interesting race. No no doubt about it. Um, I much preferred it for purely selfish reasons when it was in January. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the I like looking at the rain. Um, and also it, it fitted in really nicely in terms of looking at new bikes and stuff. Uh, and there wasn't anything else on. Um, but the, the Giro is on for us. And again, you know. We have to to, to um, target our resources where the the most action is, and that's the Giro at the moment. We will we will reference the Tour of California. It is on TV in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be, in fact, ironically, it's on terrestrial TV, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and the Giro isn't. But mm-hmm. um, but but most of our sort of users would would uh, would see the Giro as being a much bigger race. For sure, now, is it, it, it really is. I mean, I mm. have to agree. The, the mm. Giro is a bigger race. Um, I think the reason they moved it to May because they figured the Giro. Uh, I think everyone will agree is has gotten tougher and tougher every year. So mm. the days of like, well, I'm going to ride through the Giro to prepare for the Tour are, are well, with the exception of Contador, I guess, but mm-hmm. are, are done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you need to have a stage race that isn't quite as decimating as the Giro. So the Tour of California 
is a pretty good pick, and and the euro just kills our American dollar. I mean, I remember <laughs> when I went there for the first year, and I was hanging out with the Gerald Steiner guy, and uh, uh, wanted, we had to drive them around to the Sony outlet stores here, and they were buying like all kinds of electronic <laughs> equipment and just loading this stuff up. They didn't care about bike racing; they were here to spend euros and and buy cheap VCRs. So, who, who you got in the tour of California then? Who who, who would we know? Um, Obviously, well, it is in the Giro. You've got, you've got, you know, Leipheimer who's mm-hmm. here, Chris Horner. You know, a lot. You know, the Radio Shack sent their their A squad. It got mm-hmm. Andy Schleck, who's who's here. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of other guys sent people that aren't GC contenders, more stage potential winners. Um, you know, we got a lot of future hopers like um, like uh, Taylor Finney. You know, he could win the time trial stage and Solvang, mm-hmm. Ben mm-hmm. King, the reigning U.S. national road champion. Um, so, it, it, but it is, I, I think any of the, the Euro teams have kind of sent, sent their B team or, mm-hmm. you know, B plus team, mm-hmm. you know, and have they, uh, would they... they realize they've got American interests here, like Rabobank, yeah. you know, they, they actually have banks, a few banks in Southern California, or, or maybe I should say, I just, I've just seen them in Southern California, so maybe California and their bikes are made in giant. That company is mm-hmm. what, located in Taiwan. Their headquarters in America is in in the Thousand Oaks area, you mm-hmm. know, in Southern California. So it makes sense for him to come over here, same with Specialized and everyone mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Money talks. Tony, were you going to say something there? Were you going to ask a question? Oh, I was just going to say, um, I take it, uh, essentially what a lot of teams do is we'll take their American riders out and, and send them to Tour of California. Um, it was interesting to me to see that um, this year, because last year Cavendish uh, rode the Tour of California, didn't he, Mark Cavendish? Uh, yes, he did. And this year he's at the Giro, but he's not expected to actually stay at the Giro. He's only expected to do, I think, up to about stage 12, people are talking about. Um, and then call it a day, presumably in his preparations, as part of his preparations for the Tour. Mm. Yeah, I found that curious too. I, I, I didn't understand why he just didn't come across and... Because he's got a pretty strong fan base here. You know, mm-hmm. people know him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's gotten on the Twitter lately. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, he's a, he, I suppose he does live in Italy. And maybe, that, uh, maybe that's, maybe it's personal preference on his part. He actually quite like to do it. I don't know. I mean, Doesn't want the snow. I mean, for my, I'd have to say, funnily enough, I think the Giro actually is yeah. possibly the most yeah. interesting of the Grand Tours. I mean, it has been consistently mm. as a race for the last two or three Um it's just been they've they've been really exciting races. Mm-hmm. Um, don't mm-hmm. know what everybody yeah, else. I agree. Is about. Well, from from racing we go to sportives, and that is um, which technically don't have a winner, but we all mm. know, of course, they have fastest finishers, which are pretty <laughs> much the same thing. Uh, with Grand Fondos, of course, sportive. I shouldn't say sportive, should I? So in in Scotland uh, today, in fact, uh, there was the. Uh, I think the only closed road uh, Grand Fondo uh, that we have, and that's the Atap Caledonia. There's a now, new one coming up, but so far it's been the only closed road one in the UK. Yeah. Yes, and it, it's what now three, four years old. Um, mm-hmm. It was two years ago. It was famously attacked with tax, with mm-hmm. um, with pointy things on the road, and and we won't say who was. Uh, accused of that, but uh, the vicar did get off with it. Uh, now. That has happened in the U.S. before. It happened in Maryland, uh, David told me, where the, 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 the Grand Fonda w- was attacked with, with pointy things to try and derail these things. Now, what have you heard, uh, Tony, from the, 
the one in Scotland? Because you've done a story on this already, which is where I, 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 I read about today's attack. So do you have any more details of, of what uh, happened? So far, um, I think essentially the police are appealing for, for witnesses um, to find out more about what happened. Uh, it seems like tax were spread, tax and other pointy things were spread on the road, different uh, location from mm. uh, 2009 attack. Um attack attack uh was spread on the road uh, but it was discovered it seems by a local cyclist puncturing on them um either yesterday i think it was yesterday and alerting the police so thankfully um this was it was all cleared up before the race the race sorry the sportive um road mm. uh started today last time in 2009 famously or infamously um it actually wasn't discovered and a lot of people suffered punctures and it was uh, only uh, through luck that, you know, some people probably didn't suffer worse had they sort of come off on, uh, you know, because the road really was carpeted in these things last mm. time. So, Neil, have you heard of this happening in the US apart from that event in, in Maryland? No. I mean, basically, I don't know if the Maryland one is a closed road, no, no, Grand Fondo. I haven't heard of that. Well, David, I yeah. well, David's actually sent me a video from a, 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 a helmet cam of the, the tax spread on the road. And I, I need to find out whether that was a closed road. But the one in, in, in Scotland, the reason the locals, some, very, very few of the locals are up in arms about this, this uh, race stroke uh, mass ride is because the roads are closed. There's a rolling road closure. Mm. And they say they can't get to church. Mm. Um, or to milk their cows, or to to whatever they want to do, and it, you know it's 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 what two hours road closure, but they it's aren't even that long. It's 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 uh, yeah, I don't think it's even two hours. It's quite a relatively short period of time, fairly early in the morning. I mean, it's the country obviously it you has, get up early it, in the country, and it's a Sunday, and it said you know it said you don't need, but there are very few roads in Scotland, of course. So when they close a road, you know, there's, there's very old, old, old yeah, alternatives. Yeah, I, did, I didn't want to sound mean about it, but I didn't even know you Scotland had roads. Some of them have got tarmac on. Some of them. Mm. But it it, it seems to be when you close off a road uh, to a motorist, that can anger some motorists to the point of wanting to wreck the race. But cleverly, what they they did uh, in 2009, uh, something like that, they then put the charity way, way up front in the name Mm. of the sportive. So it's now a a cancer charity is actually headlining the event. And when the police talked about it today, it's not the Atap Caledonia, it's the Macmillan Cancer Charity. So it just tells the locals, look, this is a charity event. Why would you you hack into this? And and to put it in proportion, it was a very small minority Mm. of people who were against the, the, who've been against the ride um, from the start. And, and most, you know, when you talk to people who've ever done the ride, they always say they get, a, a, you know, a lovely warm welcome there. And it's a fantastic event. Mm. And, you know, in the UK, in a crowded, um, a crowd, the crowded little island that this is, the chance to ride on a closed road, especially through some spectacular scenery and not have to worry about what's around the next bend is a, is a real pull. I mean, it, that, mm. that thing sells out in hours. Minutes, yeah. Minutes, probably, indeed. Nicole, what kind of industry impact do Grand Fondos have? Uh, that That's interesting. We've actually been talking about um, looking at that as, as, a, as a story because they've gotten so popular over mm. here. Um, you know, you've gone from just a couple events to uh, there's dozens now. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's just a uh, um, sort of a 
sad sort of thing, but right now they seem to be really popular. And as as far as I know, the you know people are going. People are um, the turnout is strong. Uh, the um, San Diego Grand Fondo, the Colnago, the first in the Colnago series was not too long ago, um, and had a great turnout. I, you know, I think there's. Um, uh, you know, there's a there's a huge impact from um, you know just a retail level um, shops that are sponsoring these events and um, you know having uh, packet pickups at their shops and mm-hmm. you know sales at the same time and I mean there's just the these are you know everyone talks about wanting to to reach a new writer a new um, consumer and and this is this is what people do when they're getting into the sport they. Mm-hmm. You know, they do these charity rides or grand fondos. They're, um, you know, they're not intimidating. You can train with your friends. Uh, you're fe- you feel like you're doing something for a good cause. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this is this is the 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 rider, the new rider that you know everybody's saying they want to reach. Um, so the, the there's golf great opportunity. Cycling is the new golf kind bike. of thing. Yeah. Nicole, what do you everyone's say? Everyone's got to have that sort of bike in their range. You know, there's, mm. there's, everyone's got a sporty bike or a Grand Fondo bike, whatever they call it. That you know, shorter chop tube, higher head tube, mm. comfort, uh, comfort, mm. yeah, comfort mm. and performance, and mm. and yeah, and long may it continue. As far as I, I can mm. see, yeah. no harm in that, is there? More comfort. Neil, do you ride Grand Fondos? I have in the past. And for the reason why you guys mentioned it is they're kind of fun. They're low key, but you can race them. Um, mm-hmm. We had a, a cool Grand Fondo out here in South Carolina, which is a six mile climb and it's been used back in the day at Tour de Trump. And uh, gosh, what was it called before Tour de, or after, before Tour de Trump? Um, Tour DuPont. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's like the classic hill that, you know, that's in lure over here because you know George Hincapie trains up and does intervals up and that type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so yeah, they're fun. I mean, I wish I could do the one in New York, but I, I've got this. I've had this nagging back injury that's kind of put back my training this year. So I'm strictly focusing on cross and, and beer drinking. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll ruin that too, I'm sure. For 2015, Jim, do you ride these things? I'm sure. I if they if they're local, I've I've entered a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I start them, start several of them. I've uh, well, anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, in Colorado, there there we don't have that many yet that have gotten big. But when we do, they're just amazing. We mm-hmm. do have a, a massive amounts of of fundraisers for bike. There's one starting in in late April, and there's one every weekend. Mm-hmm. Some of them are three or four days long, and they bring in thousands of people. So. Mm. Mm. great there's a story that was on your site first and then this this um uh, almost started following <laughs> me too and that is uh, a wonderful wonderful website which i'm sure we will all instantly as soon as you hear this is like yes why hasn't there been a website like this before mm. but it's basically cake coffee and cycling so it's called uh, it's, it's from the uk and it's called uh, patisserie cycling and it's a, it's actually a posturous website uh, Tony, tell tell us more about this site, and uh, is this something? Uh, do you think will go global? Because this is a it's obviously a well, fetish it of every cyclist. Those, it's such a brilliantly simple idea, isn't it? It's amazing. Nobody's thought of it before. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of us. I wouldn't say I'm not 
going to say that it's me, but uh, some people possibly only ride a bike so they can eat more cake mm. uh, and drink more coffee. Uh, and this website essentially is uh, a place for people to contribute uh, good um, local coffee stops and cake stops so that you can so that, uh, share them, well, basically share them with other cyclists. So mm. it's trying to build up uh, uh, essentially a database of all the best places to stop for um, coffee, cake or tea uh, mm. in the UK. Now, she's going by the name of Louise McCake, McCake mm-hmm. and um, I, I tried to ask her to come on the show, but I think she's racing this afternoon because she seems to be uh, a, a, a racer. Uh, from yeah. her Twitter profile, so maybe we'll try and get her on a on a future show. But uh, Nicole, is this something that resonates with you? Cake, cycling, coffee—are they are they like big words to you? Sure, sure. Why not? I like I like all those things. On your dealer it's tours, interesting. I'm just I'm looking at the website. It's it's interesting. You know, uh, here we see a lot of. Um, you know, the retail mixed with the cafe, or actually mm. we don't see a lot of it um, in urban areas. Um, you know, it seems to be popular in Minneapolis. Um, you, you have that melding of the cafe in the front and the <sighs> shop kind of repair in the back. Mm. Um, there's a good one in San Francisco, a couple in Boston. So, um, you know, that seems to be something, you know, you talk to these retailers and, you know, it's maybe a, about a third of their business is from the cafe or mm. from the coffee portion. Mm. Um, but you kind of have to do it right. Uh, a lot of times, you know, people try to throw in the coffee there and, um, yeah, don't really staff it or don't really put a lot of resources into it. And it just kind of founders. So it sort of depends on how, how you, how you operate, but mm. I mean, it seems like um, sort of a natural to go together mm. uh, with cycling, and and it's been a business model that's been successful for, mm. for some retailers. Jim, are you cookie or are you cake? What what do you eat? Both. I'm my my mouth is Yeah, I, coffee gets in the way and slows down the eating of cookies or cakes. Mm-hmm. And I, I I really like a cake that's ha- got cookies on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So okay, we can, you can laugh now. So this is true. Okay. Well, in a future show, we can have tips. We can have our favorite cakes. And we can have our favorite cookies and what have you neil are you are you a power bar person or are you a, a stodgy cake person you know i i am whatever's a rat laying around the house for free kind of person <laughs> where people will give me um so if there's a energy bar supplier out there who wants to, to sponsor the guy who ruins cycling i'm your man um or if there's like hostess twinkies want to you know send me a year supply I, mean, I think they're doing more to ruin civilization than I ever could with a Twitter account, Facebook page. Is it not part so, of your ride regime that you'll you'll ride somewhere and then stop and have a cake or a coffee or whatever and then ride back? Or you would go out of the door and stay out and come back kind of guy? Uh, what I usually do is I go out and train and then there's a Starbucks uh, about three miles from home. And I usually swing by there, have a have a cup of coffee and then I'll then I'll continue my little my little parade route home. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not like a coffee and cake. I'm more of an espresso drinking guy who's going to enjoy, enjoy the, uh, the scenery as I sit around and wait. I have a lackadaisical lifestyle as a writer. I'll be honest. <laughs> and do you have a smartphone? Let's start with you, Neil, on, on any, any favorite apps for cycling apps for a smartphone. Well, 
course one. Of course, I have. Apart from yours, I should have. I should have immediately oh. come in there. Unless, well, unless you absolutely must go for your well, yeah, own app. Yeah, you must absolutely have okay. the brown eye app. Okay. I mean, that's Android <laughs> and, and iPhone. I fell um, into that one, didn't I? Okay. I just hook, line, and sink. And, and uh, but honestly, I do, I really do enjoy uh, Cycling News app. Mm-hmm. It's very up to date. Um, like Azetta is a good one for those who can uh, read a little, read a little Italian. Um, that's about all. I really, you know, on the old. Uh, what about oh, performance uh, apps? Do you not put something on your handlebars and use it as a performance aid? No. No? That's just silly. Okay. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so you're using your smartphone after. You're not using your smartphone during. Correct. Okay. Yeah. If I see anybody out there with their smartphone attached to their handlebars, expect me to smack it off their handlebars. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining iPhones now. Okay, I Don't ruined iPhones. Bradley hashtag. Wiggins doesn't he ride with a with his iPhone on his? Who on does? His uh, well, I think Team Sky have. Uh, they've got an app, yeah. An app. Yeah, they've got an app that they use as part of their training. It's Map uh, My Ride, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. Paid mm. by Map My Ride. <laughs> If Matt my ride wants maybe the ride around with an iBike, I'll do it. Well, they're sponsored, aren't they? So that's like one of their their kind of sponsors, and they then use it. To, you can track these guys. You can you can stalk them, can't you? But doesn't Bradley? Doesn't he block yeah, his? So there's other riders you can actually uh, follow uh, them exactly where they're going, but Bradley, you can't. Yeah, oh, I Tony, you said you weren't a, a, a technophobe, but you, you obviously write about apps and you said you don't have a smartphone. If you had a smartphone, what would I don't be have your... a smartphone. I mean, if I had a smartphone, I would c- consult the uh, forum thread on RoadCC about um, what are the best cycling apps and probably take my cue from there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It, probably, actually, if I was going to have an app, it might well be one of the uh, route planning ones, I think. Bike Hub two one do they not Carlson? They, um, they they might do yeah yeah. <laughs> um, I, I probably would go for something like that because uh, or something with a GPS or mapping component to so it. So get uh, get you home in a hurry or find yourself yeah, around a city. Mm. Yeah, there's a national cycle network one as well, which sounds quite quite cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, um, I on the other hand, I do quite like being lost on my bike so. Okay, um, that's good too. Jim, do you have a smartphone? Yes. Do you use apps? And I, I, yes, I, uh, I've tried several of them. I'm working my way through reviewing dozens of them. Although the one that I found that I like the bo- most is Rain Alarm. <laughs> um, it yes. lets you know when the rain is coming, and it gives you a great excuse to not go for a ride. You could just look out the window, though. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Most of these apps are just stuff that we've already done. You okay. can look out the window, you can pull out a map, you can get on the computer, and now we can put it on our phone and carry it with us. Is that a free one? <laughs> the, uh, uh, the yes, there is a free rain alarm. And it texts you? What does it do? Does it, what does it do there, Jim? Does it actually alert you? Does it vibrate? What does it do? It, yeah, it, it alerts you when there's rain. It tells you from what direction, how intense it's going to be, and how far away it is. That sounds quite wow, good, actually. Handy. Yeah. yeah. You, guys, you're going to have to send me your, your links so I can put these in the f- show notes of, of the apps you use. So, so dip yourself into iTunes or wherever you get them from and just uh, send me them. Those were, certainly those ones. I've never heard of that one before. 
Jim. So if you could send me a link on that one, that sounds really cool. Well, Nicole, you have an iPhone, I believe. I do have an iPhone. I do not um, use any sort of GPS program or app, or I don't use it when I'm writing except, uh, you know, maybe to look at the maps every now and then. But um, I do have Map My Ride downloaded. I've never actually used it. <laughs> so... Uh, I find these things just drain the battery. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the GPS for sure. I, yeah, I like. Uh, there's actually an app that I like called Cycling Grub. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but um, it's basically just uh, an aggregate for all um, you know different consumer publications and brands, and it just takes you. It just pulls uh, news or information from those sites. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of a good kind of catch-all. You can just go down the list alphabetically and um, get news from each site. So I kind of like that one. It was a I'm guy. I'm in that one, by think, the way. What was that? I'm in that one, so I give that a thumbs up. My blog's in Cycling Grub, so yes, thumbs up. Is it? Grub. Yeah, I think it was a guy who used to work at QBP or something. Um, he developed it, and uh, I met him somewhere along the way, and so I downloaded it. It's actually pretty good. I, I, I like it. Cool. Send me the link to that. Now, Jim, was that you sending me the link on um, the rain alarm? Yep. Okay. Now, that's it's an Android you put on there. Is that iPhone as well, or is it just Android? Do you know? iPhone? I have no clue. I'm an Android user. I uh, prefer to live my own life rather than have it controlled by somebody. Yeah, by a closed wall Apple, all those people who ruin, ruin computing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Okay, now, uh, this is uh, new to Tony, but not new to the other guys. Uh, So we'll start with Tony. Tony, we give out our contact information. Whatever you feel you can give to the public, give your website and maybe your your Twitter and Facebook, anything you want to give and have people stalk you with. Uh, Where can people find you? Well, they can find uh, the website at uh, www.road.cc. In fact, just road.cc will work. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on Twitter, twitter.com uh, slash roadcc without the dots in it. Um, we're on Facebook, the Facebook fan page, facebook.com forward slash roadcc, I'm, I'm presuming. Um, I actually, that, 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 that sounds like I don't go there a lot, but actually I do spend a lot of time on our Facebook page. It's quite interesting because mm. um, it's quite a nice way of talking to people on Twitter and on Facebook um, and referring them to the site as well. Okay, um, but they're the main the main ways to to get in touch with us. You get in touch with us via email at info at road.cc. Okay, cool. Now, Neil, where are you going to be ruining cycling next? Where can we where can we hang out with you? Wow, so many places. <laughs> um, I am uh, I write for NBCSports.com for their cycling, so you can see me there uh, or read me there. You won't actually see me. Um, my website, neilbrown.com. I have a always entertaining Twitter, Neil, N-E-I-L, Road, R-O-A-D. As blocked uh, by Lance Armstrong. Where, which is, but legit, I mean, in all honesty, he blocks hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> and then Facebook, just Neil Brown. Just find me there. And uh, also, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the extent of my global reach. Cool. Jim. Recreation law. Tell us more. Where Where are you, uh, Neil? I just want you to know that I'm proud to be an electronic friend of yours. Someone who can bring down an industry is <laughs> is a great friend of mine. 
<laughs> thank you. <laughs> you can you can find me at uh, www.recreation-law.com. Uh, you can email me at ski.law at gmail.com, or I, you can Twitter me at recreationlaw. Thank uh, you. No worries. Okay, Nicole, where can we find Nicole? We are at uh, bicycleretailer.com. Our Twitter is at bicycleretailer. So uh, come find us. And who does that? Who does the Twitter? The Twitter is um, mostly Jason, our web editor, but we kind of all we kind of all contribute. It's just we mostly just use it to uh, drive drive um, people back to the website. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and I'm uh, Carlton Reed at uh, bikebiz.com, uh, which is the the trade news site, and uh, Carlton Reed on Twitter, and I'm probably on Facebook somewhere. Uh, not that I interact a great deal on there i just i just send my twitter stuff through there and uh this show is the spokesman and it's uh it's the hyphen spokesman.com don't make the mistake of uh, missing out that hyphen because uh, you will get a very strange uh, uh, website indeed and david bernstein is the fredcast and he's uh, the fredcast at gmail.com and on twitter and i'm sure when he lands uh, he'll be able to tell me where i'm going wrong on uh, uploading this show because I tend to have technical issues when uh, when our dear leader is uh, not around. But I'm sure he'll hold my hand uh, later on and, and show me what to do. So this has been Spokesman 66. And uh, the Spokesman and Nicole have spoken. <laughs>